Take the risk of thinking for yourself. Why is the universe far more truth, beauty, and wisdom will come to you that way? These questions occur to human beings. Take the risk, 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 take the risk. So I'm not here to convince you that you should believe in anything. That sounds like a challenge. It's a great question. Individual particles coming out of the so-called quantum vacuum. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. The infinite void, you might say. Take the risk of thinking for yourself. The infinite void, you might say. Far more truth, beauty, and wisdom will come to you that way. At the speed of light. Far more truth, beauty, and wisdom will come to you that way. You and I right now are an activity of the universe or an electrochemical impulse in your own neural networks. And we have both dabbled a little bit in quantum physics. String theory. Quantum physics. String theory. Quantum physics. String theory. Which make sense to a rational human being. I love his ability to make up words. And security. I love his ability to make up words. And security. An abstract artist. 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 If I asked you, do you believe in electricity or gravity? If I asked you, do you believe in electricity or gravity? If I asked you, do you believe in electricity or gravity? You would find that a ridiculous question. Take the risk of thinking for yourself because far more truth, beauty and wisdom will come to you that way. Especially the supernatural. Yeah, the more, the more I learn, the more I learn that I don't know very much at all. Yeah, that's, so, there you go. That's what many scientists say. It's like the whole 4% thing with dark matter in the universe. Oh, God. we got to dark matter. From, from ISIS to dark matter. You're hearing it all here on the Herd Mentality You've podcast. You've heard it right here on the Herd Mentality. <laughs> Coming up next after ISIS is dark matter. Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic non-weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. This is a listener-supported show and you can help boost quality and quantity at HerdMentalityPodcast.com and then click on support. Your contribution makes all the difference for the show and 10% of it goes to women in developing countries. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. And it's time to meet our guests. Yep, I've got you. Fantastic. Can you count to five for me? One, two, three, four, five. Is that a joke? Just to see if I actually am capable of being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of like a, that, was a, that was a test right there of my ability. It's the only breathalyzer test I can give over the Skype. <laughs> yeah, it's the equivalent to the America's Amazing version of Walk the Line. Yeah, because that's uh, <laughs> that's not fraught with risk, is it? <laughs> that's a good um, topic to talk about, actually. That one amazes me. I haven't really discussed it with anyone. It really, it really bothers me. <laughs> it bothers me too, but 
<laughs> Look, this is the worst intro to a podcast ever. How about we just There's ro- never a bad intro to anything, if, if as long as it's just good discussion. <laughs> Let's roll with it. Who's on the line? I've okay, got- great. Well, do you want to know what bothers me about it? What, your name? No, 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 about the, uh, no, about the American <laughs> breath testing system. Yeah, but before we get to that, can we actually know who you are? Okay, yeah. I'm Tyson, um, a.k.a. Tidy. I'm an electronic music producer, composer, known for loud, repetitive dance music in nightclubs, but I also do pretty orchestral stuff stuff as well. Okay, edit that out. <laughs> okay, yeah, Let's but, but, but back, back to the interesting bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just came straight out of the hot tub, so I wasn't ready for an interview. So this whole issue about walking down the line after you've had yeah. a dozen beers, what's the go? Okay, my issue with it is that I'm, so I'm clearly Australian, if you can hear the accent, that I live in America. So I've been living in LA for about two years. The issue I have is that they have the technology to just breathalyze you, which is science straight there. It's just, <laughs> let's find out your, your blood alcohol level and we'll work out if you're capable of driving or not. But in the States, they think it's a better option before you go through the scientific method to get out of the car and walk a straight line and do these silly activities like, I don't know, see the alphabet. I haven't I haven't actually done it myself, but I've heard, I'm not sure if this is a myth, we could possibly bust it, but I've heard people say you have to say the alphabet backwards. Which I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, sober, ZYX, so. and that's that's as far as I've got. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it sober anyway, so I would fail that test. Then they have a few others going on, I think, that they can do before they actually breathalyze you, and that amazes me because why would you go to like a really old school method of finding out if someone's intoxicated when you could just have them immediately test straight away on a on a breathalyzer so that one blows my mind it's and that's what's going on in the state it doesn't make any sense i mean some some people can hold their grog better than others well yeah it's funny because i think that beer pong for example if you were really good at playing beer pong drunk i don't see why you couldn't learn another motor skill like learning to walk the line really well when you're drunk that sounds like a challenge do you think so, it's a, one of those learned skills, something so, you can improve upon over time? Exactly. So, wh- why why would you have to go through this test <laughs> and, and potentially beat it as well and escape the law on this backdated method before using science? That one gets me. Uh, so, are you listening, America? This is <laughs> this one's <laughs> going to have you. my visa retracted. I'm not going to be allowed into the country. <laughs> Let's talk about the new single. What's going on there? Yeah, I have a new single out. It's um, this is my plug on your show. Is it? Okay, <laughs> I have um, I've got a new, I've got a new single out called Tear Me Up. Uh, I wrote it with Nash over the street from the band Hot Shell Ray. And they're responsible for a ton of hit songs that I don't know, again, your demographic, but they're massive on radio. Love the new single with Nash. He's a great songwriter, incredible vocalist. And I was really lucky to get in the studio with him and write this track. It's just a fun pop song. It's a big, happy kind of festival summertime pop song. I've got to ask you, all the music you do is electronic, but what instruments do you play? I play piano and drums. And I am a composer as well. And that's like, it's kind of like a vague term, isn't it? It is, especially when I'm, I'm thinking, so I'm thinking of you composing um, as a drummer here. And there's just this piece of paper with dots on it. <laughs> just mm-hmm. dot, dot, I dot, mean, dot. <laughs> and then a loud dot. You can a drummer if you tap on paper, I guess. But um, <laughs> I had drum lessons for five years. Um, I play piano self-taught. And I have, my degree is a bachelor of, to be exact, is a bachelor of music and technology. So it's a mix of, classical theory which is 
um, basically composing anything from a string quartet to a full 120-piece orchestra, whatever you feel like doing. Um, had to study the history of things like, you know, Mozart and Bach and all that kind of stuff and, like, learn how music is written, how it was written in these different time periods, like the Baroque period and Renaissance and blah, blah, blah. And so my degree was really uh, broad in the sense of, like, composing. And then the, the technology side came in with I learned a lot about using modern-day technology to then make music. So writing say, uh, a dance track, which is composed entirely on a computer. So <laughs> writing a full string section, but using computer synths and samples that have been recorded by different people, and you put them all together on a computer and compose music like that. And I mean, people like Hans Zimmer do that today. So mm. these guys are massive film score writers, composers, and they often don't even get in the studio or in a room with people. They write it all using um, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly produced samples and stuff like that. So one of I, the things uh, that has occurred to me is that given that you've had this background in studying music and learning how to play and, and the like, and, and ultimately I think you perhaps have grown into a composer, is there a degree of critical thinking and problem solving that comes when writing a song? Yeah, the problem solving is probably getting around what will translate to the public. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's comparable to that of problem solving within the world, the realm of science. But yeah, when you write a pop song, I mean, I'm passionate for a lot of music. So I, I've written everything from indie folk to these really obscure electronica pieces under my alias called Wish I Was. And then these pop songs as Tidy that are like these big kind of like just just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, structure, pop songs. And I guess the critical thinking that goes on there is, okay, like what is going to translate the most to the masses and also please me as an artist? Because I'm not going to put out a song under my name that I'm not stoked about. That doesn't make me excited. There's a definite game there that goes on between like, how do I get this story this concept across to my fans in a way that is both inspiring to me and tells the story correctly, but also translates to people who may only hear it for the first time when they're distracted on their phones, driving a car somewhere or whatever. You know, they're on a hovercraft going across... I don't know, who knows where. And they're, and they're hearing this song for the first time. They might listen to 30 seconds of it. And, and, and I have to think about, well, what is the hook? What's going to catch them in 15 seconds? What's going to get them to go, I want to hear that song again and know what it's about? So there's, there's some critical thinking that goes on there. And, and that is general songwriting, I think. There's rules in play that come into every song. There's a reason why songs become pop hits. Mm. And that, that comes down to songwriting. But yeah, it's not the kind of critical thinking that you would use to, to solve some sort of scientific puzzle. No, but all this sort of stuff carries over from one aspect of your life into another. And Okay, so we've done all the, the interesting stuff now. Let's get back to the boring stuff, the, the, okay. the really tedious, you know, the stuff that actually earns you money. Yep. Enormous DJ, role model for small children, pole <laughs> dancer, you know, the usual stuff. But some of the stuff you've done has little tidbits of information in there for the, the avid listener. And we're having a chat about this off air on Twitter. Yeah. A couple of things even <laughs> slipped past me. So you've got songs out there called Argument from Authority and Occam's Razor and Confirmation. Razor, yeah. Yeah, Confirmation, confirmation bias. bias. Why all of this? Where does the interest come from? Why are you sprinkling in stuff that's interesting to probably a very, very small percentage of the human population? <laughs> yeah. people, a um, lot of people wouldn't I, even know what this is. It's a great question, and it's purely because it's fun for me, really. Um, I'm extremely passionate for science. I always have been a geek, and I think that's what led me into electronic music. I started off, you know, I have a degree in music. I studied at the Conservatorium music in Queensland. You know, I've always just been like a music geek, but also a science geek. I've been 
heavily into physics and I did I was the, the kid that did physics and chemistry in school and uh, all that kind of stuff was st- really stoked on that yeah so electronic music kind of is what blew up for me and my career was really established on just making big dance songs the dance music culture and and what I've built my fan base upon and just my passion for music is very far separated from science but it doesn't mean that on long 16-hour plane flights. I don't read a, a science book, and I'm, I'm really interested in what's going on all the time. Like I'm that guy that, instead of watching in-flight entertainment, I'll be reading up on the latest breakthroughs in string theory. Or, <laughs> and so, it's not but, really but Just cool. on there there, was, there was one song, I've got a reference, it's called The End of Faith. Yeah, that's just a reference to a book I like from Sam Harris. Yeah, no one's ever heard of him. None of the listeners no. on this show would I'm have sure, any I'm sure any on your clue. show they've heard of it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that it would be entirely popular among my fans it, we've got a different demographic going on here, Perhaps. but um, but mm. yeah. So I, you know, I have a huge passion for some of the books by Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens. I love Richard Dawkins' work in um trying to educate people on evolutionary biology and things like that. You know, and it, it's, it's something that I'm closely passionate about, just as an individual. But, but um, but it's why not, is that? I mean, why is the where's the end game there? Why are you interested in it? I'm interested in it because I'm interested in knowing things. It's a really sounds like a trivial answer, but um, I'm passionate for knowing the truth about the world and reality, whether it bothers people or not. I want to know the real story behind anything. So if someone comes to me with a a crazy thing like, I don't eat gluten, and I'm like, well, why don't you eat gluten? Because I've heard gluten's bad for you. Uh. I'm not the guy to just take that first hand is like, oh, okay, so gluten's bad for you because everything says that it's bad for you. I, I want to know why and what is gluten. And turns out that if you look into this, if you look into the evidence, it's uh, really only affects celiacs. And then I'm start to question that. I don't know. I, I have a huge passion for just knowing information. It's not really relevant to my music career, but for me as a person, it's just something that I love. Yeah, it sneaks through in my music occasionally, but I'm not out there to educate the world on science or or, or the or the. Well, well, no, no, no. See, I, I, here I think you're you're wrong. People okay. they're going to go and throw in these song titles like confirmation bias straight into Google. Going, I want to know about this tidy guy who's in a hot tub all the time. <laughs> Hot tub with the girls, smoking a cigar. Why has he got a song called Confirmation Bias? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a slight hope of mine. Like, I know I have a tiny chance of people doing that. I would love it if I had more fans out there who would actually Google what confirmation bias is. It's just not the case. And it doesn't bother me too much that they don't. It would be cool if they did. Songs need titles, especially ones that are just, you know, that sometimes there's songs with a concept and a story behind them that people would think is a love song, but there's actually more to it than that if you read into the lyrics. And I've snuck in little bits and pieces about stuff that I'm passionate about. Well, one of my favourite songs of yours is Stay. Was it with uh, Dia Frampton? Dia Frampton, yeah. Did I miss any references there? Did you no, sneak something in? Um, that was definitely just a. That was a straight up. Um, oh, it was a love kind song. Of indie no. folk country <laughs> record uh, with Dia. She's amazing. She came second in the Voice in America, and she's just a stunning artist. Working with her on that record was amazing. Yeah, there's nothing hidden in that. That was just straight up. I guess a song about relationships, which many of the world's songs are about. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it doesn't mean there aren't other songs out there that have like little hidden messages. Yes. Well, we've we've mentioned a few of them already. So we've talked about some of your other influences like Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris and the like. But Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. Big, <laughs> big fan? Yeah, huge fan of that guy. I love, I just, <laughs> I, lo- I love his ability to make up words. <laughs> Why not? But I've, I've actually got a sting here. This is one that I haven't played on the show for a while. Are you ready for it? Okay, hit me with it. Hello, consciousness. 
Did you get that? I didn't quite catch it. It just sounded really dreamy. Oh, yes, okay. That's uh, that's my colonic consciousness sting. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> colonic consciousness. <laughs> okay, that's a reference to um, cosmic consciousness. It's on everyone's lips. Yes. Ah, uh, great. Yeah, that's a, an amazing invention by Deepak right there. If he was an abstract artist, which I, I think, think he kind of is, I think he is. <laughs> think about it um <laughs> i wouldn't actually encourage anyone to think about it i would treat his work like it should be treated which is like abstract art not science at all he's in my eyes the king of using the english vocabulary terribly uh no no don't no, stop there stop there terribly terribly works <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he just he's just super confusing and uh, i don't know if he intends to do it Actually, I think, I mean, my, my opinion is that he does intend to muddle the English language so that the Absolutely. common, uh, yeah. the common folk, even like myself, sometimes could be, uh, amazed by what he has to say. See, see, I was blocked on Facebook by him, I mean, on Twitter <laughs> by him. He blocked me personally after too many questions. Who hasn't been blocked by Deepak? That's a badge of honor. I think, yeah, I like it. I think getting blocked by Deepak is a sign of intelligence. So, I mean, that's my ego right <laughs> Your there. IQ went up by four points just yeah. after that act. <laughs> One of the things that brought Deepak Chopra into my radar was the interview he had. Oh, he was on stage doing some sort of debate with, uh, I think it was Michael Shermer and Sam Harris. And the I like. love Michael Shermer. He's amazing. Well, we might touch upon that. <laughs> but the, we should. But He's the, great. The Sam Harris rebuttal. To Deepak. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with this little... Sam Harris demolished him. I know exactly what you're referring to. Right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. we're all on the, the same human, page. The human um, mind, the soul lifting off the human mind after death and, you know, that kind of thing. I, th I think that was the interview you're referring to, right? Where Deepak and Michael Shermer were having a chat and uh, Deepak was kind of woo-wooing on about some crap. So, yes, uh, and Harris gets up and says, look, I wouldn't profess he to stand in front of an auditorium full of people and talk about something that I clearly know nothing about. It was, it was to, what's to it's that a good effect? point. It's a really good point from Sam. Like, it'd be like me getting up in front of a crowd and trying to talk to them about quantum physics. It's not my field and I wouldn't do it. I, I'd love to chat to you about the interest, like my interest in it and, and how, like what I've read in a book from it, but I wouldn't claim to be an expert at all in string theory, time travel or anything like that. Deepak seems to feel like he can invade on anyone's <laughs> ground when it comes to science or, you know, he, he seems to just jump from anything and uh, get away with it. And that really bothers me a lot. It does. And the fact that we can, both you and I are in the same boat here or the same hot tub even, yeah. and, and that we can't respond <laughs> to Deepak because he's blocked us. He blocked me bad. I'm trying to remember what it was for. Would have been asking he, a question. I think he made some cosmic consciousness kind of like tweet about. Oh, cosmic consciousness? Yeah. yeah. It was, it consciousness. Was, yeah, there you go. It was something that like intrigued me because I wanted to know like how he could prove that. I don't want to reference it because just like any scientist, and I'm not even a scientist, but as you should in science, you don't want to. It's embarrassing to be wrong. So I don't even know what it was in relation to, but there was something he tweeted and I wanted to know the answers to why he thought that was the case. And he just gave these definite answers to it. And it just raised more questions. And the more questions I asked, I was like... Oh, it's a rabbit well, warren. Deepak, how, how can <laughs> how can you know? 
know that? What evidence do you have to support this? And he couldn't provide the evidence. And then it led to more questions. And the more questions I asked, the quickly, the, 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 yeah, I can't, that's my English right there. The, uh, the, the quicker I got, the quicker I got blocked by him. He doesn't deal too well with people who are inquisitive. That's correct. But do you think there's a song in there? Maybe. Probably one that I mean, there, there might be, unless like there's some sort of like parody law that I could get away with. I don't want a lawsuit with Deepak. I feel like he might have a bigger bank account than mine. So. <laughs> Almost I certainly. Don't, it's like territory that I don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, unless Parody Law lets me get away with a Deepak Chopra like, joke song, I'm, I'm not going to touch upon that topic. Are you familiar at all with any of the work done by our good friend Ray Comfort? Oh, um, <laughs> amazing guy, you know. Isn't he um, what? <laughs> just, in, just an incredible mind going on there. Like, he, <laughs> He's he's one of the few that I really just admire, especially his um persistence. You know, especially he's like you know he's really quite persistent in in the whole um dinosaurs living among humans six thousand years ago. Yeah, and, that, well I think and, you might. Be, are you, are you sure you're not talking about Ken Ham? Oh okay okay we're going for Ken Ham here. All right, wait I'm mixing the two up here. Just well, just quickly. Uh, easy to do. I mean Ken Ham's from. Queensland, Ken- okay, so <laughs> where you're wait, from. So Ray, Ray Comfort um, and Ken Ham, what, what am I seeing in comparison to these two that are, that's really similar? I, one of them has that museum going on, that yes, really that's funny Ken, museum. that's Ken Ham. Um, well, I, okay. I refer to it uh, from time to time as Answers in Genocide. That's that- his... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. That guy. Yeah. yeah. So, he's Australian, right? Unfortunately. Oh, and yeah, he's uh, he's got that really awkward museum going on that's telling the world about... No, there's uh, nothing awkward about it. It's structurally sound. He spent uh, <laughs> God knows how much... Look, shush. He spent so much taxpayer money making sure that he's built a boat out of wood as a replica. This is like his grown-up Lego set. <laughs> <laughs> as an adult, using using taxpayer money to build this enormous ark that can't float, mind you. <laughs> it can't float? I didn't know that. I mean, I, I didn't even think the real one could, so... Oh, I, there was I, a real <laughs> one? What, what, what's your evidence for that, Tyson? <laughs> Well, I've, I've, you know what? I've, I've read a lot of, a lot of books on the topic, and I don't want to have an argument from authority here because I don't have any. It's a topic that interested me once. It was like, could the ark float? I was convinced after a while of reading upon different sources that it couldn't have floated. Yeah, I'm going into dangerous territory here. No, not at uh, all. Not at all, because this is the sort of hearsay and and the like that we deal with here on the herd mentality. Tell is me it- about your podcast. But this is my first time on it, and it's. it's it sounds like it's funny. It's ter- No, no, it's not at all. It's terrible. It's, <laughs> it's cracking me up already. This is my sense of humor that I have to like, you know what bothers me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go out here. You know what really bothers me is that as an adult thinker, I'm 28, I have to be careful with being taboo, what things I can uh, talk about. And that well, You've is got a something- tech support team behind you as well, because you're, you're all famous and stuff in the music industry. <laughs> so we've got to be really careful about what we can and can't say. So Yeah, and that's a bother, isn't it? When you think about it, because I'm not out to get anybody. I don't have an interest in making people unhappy. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I, I'm an artist uh, and I love music and I love to see people dance and, and just go crazy to my music. So I have no interest in it, making people upset. But when it comes to topics you can't talk about, that surprises me because I feel like every topic should be able to be discussed among adults. I feel like just as much as two 30-year-old, I'm 28, people can discuss whether Santa's real or a unicorn exists or, you know, if someone comes up to me with a, a claim, like, you know, I can I can shoot fire out of my eyes at 1am, but you can only see it when no one's looking, that... <laughs> 
if if that's like something that a friend says to me, I'm going to be really skeptical of that. Well, you could start uh, a church with that. You could possibly, and it could probably be. Oh, now hang on. What was the criteria that you were coming on this show? We're not allowed to be controversial. Yeah, I know. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous that you've got me on here. <laughs> Let's let that particular point slide. No, I think I think that's a point that shouldn't have to slide, should it? It shouldn't be anything that's taboo. When it comes to reality and when it comes to the world we live in, the world that we raise our children in, not that I'm a dad and I don't intend to be anytime soon, the world that, that, that we exist in, if we can't discuss a topic because it's taboo to talk about it, that's a problem. That's stopping thinking. And that's what bothers me. So that, that really uh, is probably why I'm drawn to chatting with you on this show. Well, that's one of the questions I actually had written down. And I very yeah. rarely write down questions. It's just, what bothers Tyson? What bothers and, Tyson? Well, yeah, I mean, that, besides that's like, part you know, of it. the trivial yeah. things in life. Having to deal with the legal team to get you on the show, that's bothersome. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's not a legal team. This is probably this is my, my team of people that are, yeah, they, they deal with legal stuff. They, you know, they care about what I chat about and they're out for my best interests as well and it's interesting we're talking about the ability for anyone to be able to discuss the simple fact that it's kind of uncomfortable for some people to be able to discuss reality is yeah. weird it's a conversation stopper well, and that does bother me i'd love in my career to break that ground and i'd like um uh, it, if everyone could but you you mentioned earlier as well that you've not listened to the show i actually suspect you have i think d- didn't you watch some of pastor manning's fine work oh yeah 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 they did i have listened to bits and pieces it's true pastor manning remind <laughs> Remind me of this man. He's the gentleman who puts man fluids in coffees. Oh, okay. Why does he do that? Enthusiast. He's just an enthusiast for that. He just wants to. Um, <laughs> he just wants to <laughs> spread his seed in a really non-scientific way. There. Is that, is that yeah, what's going on? Yeah. No. The- in a quite disgusting fashion. <laughs> I'm enjoying the chat, so feel free to ask questions. I can completely edit things down, so feel free to ask whatever you want. Hang on, you can exciting. edit things down. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a, fu- it's a fun chat. Uh, you know, it's it's rare. Do you know how liberating it is to have a chat with somebody where I can actually just have an intellectual conversation about something for once? We've come on the wrong show for that. Just it's- quietly. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great to be able to discuss anything. Well, anything. Okay. If we're going to talk about anything, there's something I've got to ask you about. The mm-hmm. chicane influence on your music. I love the chicane music. We reference this off air. Mm-hmm. What's the go there? Yeah. Well, Chicane's an incredible artist, and if that wasn't an intended influence, I kind of noticed when you said, because I have this side alias called Wish I Was, which I'll, I'll divert a little bit here and tell you about it. So, Tidy is what I've built my fan base upon and what I'm known as. When I made my single, Redefined, which I did almost a year ago, I got really lucky with that single. It went to number one in America for the most dance airplay across the States, which was a huge leap for me. I started after that record to try and beat it, and it's quite hard to beat a single that does that well. So I was in this state where I was trying to kind of use that whole method of like, you know, I make a song that I love, but also uh, make it kind of applicable to the to everybody. And in the process, I was writing these records that were weird and they weren't quite this normal song structure. The lyrics were obscure and dark, definitely dark, like songs about end of faith and songs about just strange concepts. You know, one lyric that comes to mind is like, your eyes are bright, like LA pollution at night. It's a weird lyric. It's awkward but it's beautiful at the same time because I just moved to LA and that's one thing you notice when you come from Australia to LA and that was a cool lyric to me 
to come up with. And so I was like showing it to people and people weren't quite translating it. They were, they were not getting it. And I was always saying to myself, oh, I wish I was able to do that. I wish I could do that. And wish I was, was born. And that was this alias of mine where it was everything that I wanted to do between singles that I wasn't able to do. And so I made wish I was. It was cool. It developed quite a fan base of followers and no one knew it was me for seven months. So I had built like 10,000 followers on Twitter and um, I mean, I sound like I'm bragging, but it was really going well. <laughs> it's musically. taken me two years to get that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was going well musically. Like, pe- you know, people were playing it on radio, fans were talking about it and a lot of people, a lot of blogs and, and media were saying like, who is this Wish I Was act? It's great. It's brand new. And they were treating it like a brand new artist. And after seven months, when I made this new single, Tammy Up is Tidy, you know, I felt like I was you know, finally back as tidy. I was like, okay, I'll tell everyone I wish I was, and I unleashed it, and it was kind of news to my fans. A lot of the tidy fans were like, wow, like we didn't know that was you, and a lot of the wish I was fans were like, oh, they, they felt kind of, <laughs> they, they felt kind of like betrayed, like Gouted. we found this underground artist, and it turns out it's not. So that was cool. But wish I was was a great thing for me because that was what you know when you were saying the song titles earlier like Occam's Razor and Argument from Authority and End of Faith I was able to say things in those records and have song titles and really weird imagery that that's darker that I couldn't have done as tidy it just wouldn't have translated to my fans as tidy so it was a cool outlet for that what would you want to get across to your fans if there's one critical thinking message that you get out there and have people absorb and understand what would it be it'd just go straight to a quote here this sounds cliche and especially on, I'm sure on your podcast it'd be a Christopher Hitchens quote and be take the risk of thinking for yourself because far more truth beauty and wisdom will come to you that way that is the message that I wish I could portray to anybody um, in the world I think that is that is something to live but by. we could do it right now I can lay down a sick beat <laughs> but yeah I, I think if no matter what you've been told to believe if you can think for yourself and not just think for yourself, but also use empirical evidence to support or to back up claims and or refuse claims that people have told you. If, if you can live by that, I think that's the best way to live life. That's the most real, exciting, and sometimes terrifying, but also liberating way to live life. And I, I think that's, that's what I live by. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Any thoughts you want to get off your chest? Um, Something you, you want to say here that you can't say elsewhere? I mean, that's the question for you. Is there any, is there anything that you'd want to ask a musician that would suit your podcast? Ah, <laughs> I'm, now, I'm all you're ears. Go- no, no, no. You're going to regret saying that because we're rapidly approaching episode 100. Let's just say it now. Mm. I'm going to do a musical episode. Okay. You may not have heard this on the show, but very occasionally I impersonate a gentleman called Ray Comfort. Okay, tell me about him. I'm curious because <laughs> I mixed him up for Ken Ham. Ray mm. Comfort also sounds like an idiot. <laughs> that, that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me more about Ken Ham because I've, I've read a few things, but I want to I want to know if I'm right because I'll retract that statement if. Well, Ken Ham. Okay, Ken Ham and Ray Comfort are both friends. Okay, that's already a problem. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but Ken has been running the Ark Park in mm-hmm. um, Kentucky. Yeah, Ray Comfort runs a ministry in the US. He's from New Zealand, but he runs this ministry in the US called Living Waters. And Ray does films and YouTube clips and so forth. He has this YouTube show called The Comfort Zone, which is a hoot. Uh, but he, he does these videos or these movies, but they're only about 50 minutes long. Okay. And it's all about how much we love the homosexuals, but we don't love them for what they do. We love them because they're 
born in sin and and it's all very confusing okay that's a topic that super bothers me and i'm, I'm totally happy to talk about that on radio game um, on it's, this guy's against homosexuals is he but no, he's he not a fan not a fan he's not not a fan but he tries to play it off like oh we love the sin we love the, what is it Lo- i hate the sin but love the sinner is that the guy you yeah like that kind of oh yeah that yes <laughs> yeah it's a stupid paradox right i mean it's stupid circular thinking it's dumb no I'm, i've got an issue with that mentality already good um and that is that it, it, it's it's a known fact are you, are you a fan of um lawrence krauss funny jets yes he's been on the show oh great okay cool so i'm a huge fan of lawrence krauss um i think it was him that uh, told me indirectly that 10 percent. i don't want to i don't want to get it wrong maybe like it was a small percentage of sheep are gay mm. um and well, homosexuality has been observed in 1500 species it occurs naturally among god's creatures <laughs> and uh, so already there's a huge problem there if you want to go to these guys that say that homosexuality is wrong and this is coming from a straight guy i don't know if you've seen my instagram i'm quite the lover of females <laughs> 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 and um, <laughs> and uh, I have a huge problem with someone who tells my friends, and I've got a lot of homosexual friends, if they tell them that they're going to go and be punished or they're doing something wrong for, for doing something uh, that doesn't hurt anyone else around them. And hmm. that is a, a big problem for me. That's actually a problem when it comes to anything, whether it's homosexuality or racism or you name it. I mean, if there's... My policy there's, is if it doesn't hurt anybody else... It's okay. Exactly. Just because it's written down somewhere from something thousands of years ago that occurred in the, in the desert somewhere, it's suddenly evil and you can't do it. That, that disgusts me. Anything that affects a way of life and that way of life doesn't hurt anyone around them, I have a huge problem with it and I'll openly speak about that. And, and that's seen on my Twitter as well mm. and my brain. So, so you'd have thoughts on the Kim Davis issue that's happening over in the States. The lady, I don't know about it. What's that? She rejected the marriage license. For, is she a politician? Um, no, she's a Kentucky clerk. And I'm going to try to be good and not stereotype people, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, come on the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, we no, love, I'm not going to throw a state into We love a good stereotype. For an individual, but I'll, but I'll happily discuss an individual's idiotic beliefs or... Well, her, her belief, and bear in mind that it's her fourth marriage that she's currently in... Mm. And she had children five months into her third marriage or something mm-hmm. to the tune of that, which doesn't really make a lot of sense just between you and me. Okay. Uh, decided <laughs> that you've just worked it out. So, yeah. <laughs> so she had, she said, nope, I'm not going to give the marriage license to the homos. Not a fan of the homos. <laughs> no dice. Why is that? Because the is Bible that, that tells from- her it's a bad thing. It's a faith issue? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a faith issue. But the degree of hypocrisy that was involved is mind-boggling. Does it ever make you wonder why, um, say you're like a modern day, well, let's not say you are because you are. So let's go like you and I are just here. And let's say we have this belief that we've read and it tells us that homosexuals are bad. And we have no evidence to support why they're bad or what they're doing wrong by other people or how it could possibly hurt anybody. Does it baffle you as to why? They're not questioned, no, not I, even I, slightly I, questioned. I understand why. I think it boils down to education. Yeah, yeah and, and and a lack of empathy. You can't. She can't put herself in somebody that's else's position. That's what it is. You She's- touched on it straight away. That you know, that's a way better way of putting it. That's that's it. It's it's a lack of empathy. I think what would save this planet a lot is is just empathy for human beings. Sympathize and just have empathy for other people. Do they ever say like why they're not a fan of the homo? Does, is it just simply because oh, it's, it's all, in the book? Yeah, it's all in the book. You know, they, they can't give a valid reason. It's purely just I've heard it's bad. So yeah, the clue bad. the clue there was valid. The word you used yeah, was okay. valid. They can give a reason. 
I can give you a dozen reasons. I'd love, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to hear a, a single reason for why that's bad. Okay, let's use some of the like science that we're talking about. Was gay, it'd be like, okay, well, we need to kind of populate the world, guys. So, like, someone <laughs> step out of this. Uh, I, I need one to take. For, <laughs> I need one of you to take one for the team. And <laughs> Put down the glitter. <laughs> Like then, then I'd be like, "All right, guys, like we need one of you just to do this. It's going to be ugly, but just can you just get in there for a second and just try to enjoy it, and and we'll repopulate the world. That makes sense. But while it's not an epidemic or a huge problem, no one's got a valid reason. So what's going on there? Here's an interesting thought experiment: okay. two failed scientists, you and me, B grade musician and C grade podcaster, and perhaps between the two of us work out a bad thing about homosexuality. You ready? What's okay. the best thing you've got? Why shouldn't there be homosexuals? The <laughs> I've got nothing. I, uh, mm. Let me think here. This is awkward. Too many parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? It, 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 I can't think of a thing. In fact, some of the best parties I've played. I, I was. I was on. Here's a good one. I was on the front cover of Pride magazine in San Diego. For, oh. um, and I'm I'm a straight guy, and I was on the front cover of Pride magazine. I was like flying the flag there. And I was like, why am I doing this? What, I'm not you personally be... asking myself the question, but more just like asking whoever why my publicist did that. And it was kind of cool. I thought it was badass because I'm like, this is this is awesome that they want like a straight dude on the front cover of the Pride magazine. And I was like flying the flag for it. I copped a lot of shit for that. It sucks that there's people out there with that mentality. It does suck. It sucks that there's idiots out there who have issues with people who aren't, who are just living a life that doesn't hurt anyone else. They just want to live a loving life and just live a normal life like everyone else. Okay, think, but on that topic, yeah. what about ISIS? <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> on that topic, what about Hitler? Um, <laughs> I don't know enough about the ISIS scenario to be able to make a comment, and that's not me being careful. I actually just truly don't know enough about it. Ah, but this is, again, this is the failed scientist in you coming out saying, I don't know, prepared to reserve judgment rather than open and blather. No, that's. That, that, I think that's good science. I'm, I'm yeah. going to say you're wrong there. If I had just come out with an opinion based on nothing, I, that would be bad science. All I can go by is what I've seen very rarely, because I tour the world, I, I play as a musician, I'm always busy in the hot tub, and <laughs> I occasionally will see an article regarding ISIS. I'm not in a position to make a media statement about it, and I think that that is a better place to be. I think that that is what would make me a better person. If I was to jump out and be like, super confident in my opinion on that, then that would be bad. All I've heard is that there's um, people from the Middle East who are categorized as terrorists of some sort and they are hurting people, and I could tell you that's wrong, but I don't know their motives. I think think that probably probably covers it off. Uh, I, I don't have an informed opinion on it. Here's my position as it stands. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I think that's the best way to live life. My position is I have no idea. Mm. And, that, and and I'll leave it to someone who had, does have an idea. Intellectual and honesty is, is the is the key to anything. It's just if you want to live a good life and you want to learn the most and be right by other people, intellectual honesty is where it's at. And you have to be – it's not just about intellectual honesty with other people. It's about intellectual honesty with yourself, admitting to yourself what you don't know. I'm going to try and be professional just for a moment after about five beers. I think and this is professional. Yeah. I've had a vodka or two, so it's, it's Of it's course. Fine. And you're, you're high on chlorine from the – Tub. Yeah, oh, that's that's my life. But the sketches we do on this show are called Raygate. Okay, it's like Stargate, but with, without the, the... It's it's all about Ray Comfort. Y- yes. 
<laughs> and on that note, we might wind the interview up, the on-air interview at the very least, and <laughs> you and I might continue this one off. <laughs> Because okay. I've got I've got one more question for you that I don't sure. want recorded. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to at T Y D I. That's tie dye or tidy. Take your pick. <laughs> tidy. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, mate. No worries, dude. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Here's a tweet by Chris Krasminski. I am atheism, and there's no heaven, hell, gods, or devils. It's all just been us, dreaming of bigger things, to forget how small we are. Follow Chris at C.E.K. Books and grab his latest work, All These Quiet Places, a collaboration with Jen August about domestic violence, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And joining me on the line is a long-time person who I've known, but I don't think he's ever been on the show. I've got at... Dante Devant, that's D-E-V-A-N-T-E. Tim, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You and I did some damage on the circuit with the Unholy Trinity. We did. That was uh, great fun having the uh, three of them over. I think that was awesome to meet them and awesome to hear them speak live. Yes, they're certainly entertaining peoples. And you're part of the Sydney University Atheist Group or the Secular Student Alliance, I think. I am. It's actually called the Free Thought Student Alliance in Australia, but we do the same job as the American version. Very well. And also joining us, we have Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You uh, attend school with Tim. Yes, actually, we do technically go to the same university. (laughs) (laughs) And you've both begun a wonderful project called The Atheist Hour, and that's in conjunction with the Sydney Atheists. Tell us about that. Well, um, we started it a few months ago. We put out a podcast about every fortnight or so, and we just, we really have a lot of fun with it sharing thoughts on current events or on the Bible or talking about our stories. And it's really just a bunch of us sitting around having fun talking to each other, but we want to share it with everyone. Tim, you've taken on the joyous task of a segment called Who's That Deity? <laughs> I, I have. Uh, it, I try and bring knowledge of the world's deities to people in a fun way. So what I've done at the moment is I take two real deities, real in obvious quotation marks there, and combine that with a selection of three, the third one being a random deity from either a game or a book series or something (laughs) I've just made up. And the idea is for the other hosts and the audience to try and guess which ones are real and which one is the fiction. And there's a great resource, I wonder if you use it, called godchecker.com. I have used it a couple of times, but I'm trying to pace it out with, you know, as many different gods as I can across the... uh, Across the range. That sounds like fun. Have you got a god for us today? Uh, well, my favorite one so far has actually been the Babylonian goddess of beer called Ninkasi. <laughs> I think that's probably my patron goddess at the moment. She sounds like a hard worker. She does do her uh, heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren, your segment, Bible Stories. That's right. You know, I was raised as a very fundamental Bible believer. And some of these stories that we're taught as normal as children, now when you look at them, um, it's really kind of messed up some of the stuff that's in the Bible. And you kind of wonder, is this really what people are claiming to be the source of morality in today's society? I like to pick 
a random Bible story for each episode, nearly every episode. And uh, we just like to talk about it. It's really funny. I was just reading one to my housemate last night, actually. And she's like, you know what? That is really effed up. I can't believe that's actually in the Bible. (laughs) And most people aren't even aware of it, certainly if they're the true believers. Would that include your family? Um, Well, actually, my family, we would read the Bible together every year. So we actually were aware of these things that were in the Bible. But yeah, I've come across a lot of people that didn't even know they were there. So you've subsequently left your religion. What about your family? They are still very, very fundamental. And it's probably a good thing that they all live in the United States and I live here (laughs) in Sydney. They're not aware of the podcast? At the current moment, no, they are not. Probably best. They'll never hear about it from this. Don't worry. (laughs) Very well. Where can we find The Atheist Hour? Well, The Atheist Hour is currently online at devante.net, but it's probably a lot easier for people to find it through iTunes, Stitcher, Streamer, any of the main podcast directories. Fantastic. The Atheist Hour. Well, I'm going to go and check it out. Guys, thank you very much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, this is not Pastor John Haggy of the Cornerstone Ministry in San Antonio, Texas. I'd like to take a minute, apart from my book tour about the Four Blood Moons, to talk with you about the Herd Mentality Podcast. Brother Adam Reese is down there in the later Australia, and uh, he's he's doing Jesus' work. He's talking about real things to real people. So I'd like you brothers and sisters to please take a moment go over to the herdmentalitypodcast.com and click on the support tab it's what jesus would do it's what i've done please look if if, if it's useful for you i'm prepared to let you have this soundbite um i think that's pretty catchy (laughs) yeah it's it kind of sounds vague to me to be honest vague I'm going to have to send this through to you as an email. Something consciousness again? Colonic consciousness. Come on, try and keep up. (laughs) Yeah, colonic, 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 I can't even talk, right? To be honest, Adam, it's, it's, that's not hooky. The the title is hooky. Back to the drawing board. You'll hear this when it's edited and it all goes to air. You'll hear this, this beautiful plopping sound in the background. Oh, great. It's exquisite. Is that Did you manage to sample that? Yeah. Yes, so let's go with the audio and not physical. Yes. Hi, everyone. It's the lady friend here. A quick note with a special thank you for Marcos, Martin, and Ayawumi for their pledges to support the show at patreon.com forward slash herd mentality. 10% of the proceeds from the show go to help women in developing countries to further their education. This episode has helped Ana Luisa in Nicaragua for her graduate studies, Daisy in Paraguay for tuition, and Mimo in Lebanon for her daughter's school fees. Thanks for being a herd mentalist. Bye!